Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of The Russia Guy. On today's show, we're going to talk about how the Kremlin grows little brain slugs and then attaches them to the heads of different unwitting Americans, who then proceed to weaken American democracy by tweeting poems and criticizing information warrior heroes. If that sounds like nonsense to you, that probably means you didn't follow the scandal surrounding a particularly loony blog post shared on Medium by a hashtag resistance leader named Jay McKenzie. The article, later deleted by Medium, targeted the writer Dustin Jebel, who blogs and jokes about global politics, often focusing on Russia. McKenzie's blog post starts with the claim that Jebel's fondness for the poet Yevgenia Yevtushenko stems from their mutual willingness to collaborate with authoritarian regimes. Yeah, who knew that writing stanzas was such uh, espionage work? That's Dustin Jebel, who sat down with me, virtually speaking, to talk about life as a Russia watcher at a time when strangers are happy to pick apart your biography and harass your family, all in the name of winning the fight. I, of course, took classes at the University of Tulsa. It's a small private school out here, uh, well-accredited all these things, but they had a professor who happened to start working there the, the day my mother started working at the University of Tulsa. And it was this womanizing, charming man who had a lot of stories. And Ustanko, he, he really brought a lot of it to me in terms of the culture and the differences in the passion of the differences. And so I, of course, knew him before I was enrolled in the school. Um, just, you know, hey, he's that guy. So my first semester, of course, I signed up for his class. And then it, it, we built a, uh, a relationship. Jay McKenzie's bizarre text might have gone nowhere were it not for the promotional support it got from information warfare darlings like lobbyist Molly McHugh and former CIA agent John Seifer, two public figures Jebel has criticized in the past. On July 28th, McHugh posted the following tweet, which Seifer promptly retweeted. Putin is waging an information assault on Americans, yet many supposedly anti-Putin experts want you to believe there's nothing you can do to stop it. Why? Stellar Weekend Long Read by James McKenzie on understanding how the Kremlin takes down its critics. McKenzie's blog post literally says that attacking McHugh's credibility amounts to collaborating with the Kremlin. The Kremlin propaganda outlet Russia Today is not a fan of Molly McHugh's writing. RT has consistently attacked McHugh for calling out Kremlin propaganda and lies. It is in RT's best interest for McHugh to lose credibility and followers, not gain them. Thus, we see these sustained attacks on her. Knowing this, anyone who attacks McHugh's credibility is helping the Kremlin. It is one thing to disagree with another person's opinion. This happens all the time, but it is an entirely different attack to use Kremlin talking points to disparage someone you don't happen to like. That's exactly what Dustin Jebel is up to here. I went through and I was diving through the comments to um, Molly's answer. 
answer to why she tweeted this thing. It was because uh, we are quote unquote trolling her, which um, <laughs> I have no idea, man. I mean, she's over here. Her response was, is this is a group of people that were trolling her. And I'm sitting here going, <clears throat> I think most of us that were part of this piece, me specifically, I, I haven't talked about her in forever. I mean, I had been blocked from her a year ago after she had stated when she had quoted that alternative Russia um, magazine about the Kremlin's ability to nuke their own people. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I, I had made a comment there that I was like, I think you you need a better source there, and I she, that's what she blocked me for. So uh, you know. I don't know exactly what she felt I was trolling her with. I did I did put out a medium piece about her uh, lobbying documents because I felt that it's very weird to be an information warfare specialist, quote unquote, and be a lobbyist at the same time. That's kind of that's kind of fishy. And you know, I and I, I corrected some of the things, and I was just like, look, you know, follow her, listen to her, whatever it is, just know this stuff. You know, that's all it is. I was talking to somebody about it, and that is the scary abyss that we're going to is when somebody criticizes stupidity and can pawn it off as that's just the Kremlin, that benefits the Kremlin, so nobody should criticize me. That's a scary abyss because we're dealing with facts here. The, the disinformation specialists, the disinformation people, they're dealing with they are experts on facts and that if I say something idiotic and if a person in Oklahoma criticizes me and Russia criticizes me, that means those two are in cahoots. That, that's building a cult. That, that's a cult of facts that you cannot get through. And I was going through the comments section, as I was stating earlier, and I – um shared one with uh, a buddy of mine, and it was, anybody who criticizes uh, you, this was directed towards Molly, uh, John or James, the, guy, the, the author of the uh, Medium piece, anybody who criticizes them, I'm just disregard. Like, they're my encyclopedia of facts. Holy jumping, that's scary. Jay McKenzie's blog post also suggested that American leftists are letting their woke politics blind them to the fact that Vladimir Putin is personally responsible for inflaming the world's greatest problems. Remember, the alt-left hates Putin, but they also want to blame what's wrong in the world on racism, sexism, bigotry, anti-Semitism, and many of the other common themes. 
These things most certainly do exist. These things are certainly very real problems. But ignoring the fact that the Kremlin is to blame for inflaming these problems is a mistake. That's how Putin's form of hybrid warfare works. The Russian people are suffering. None of this is fair. Something should be done about it, but Vladimir Putin has been in power for 18 years now. He is almost certainly the richest man on the planet, and it is his insatiable greed that has a stranglehold on Russia. As long as Putin is in power, Russia must be punished for his behavior. Otherwise, why would he change? Appeasement does not work, and Putin is no victim. He is an aggressor. I mean, do you think that the InfoWarriors and Russia sort of watcher regional people, are they, are they speaking, are they talking about the same things? Because I often feel like I have, have, don't really have anything to say to the InfoWarriors. I mean, you know, that they, they're, they're kind of in their own world. And I, it seems like a bigger world than the one I live in because they they have a huge audience of Americans, of politicized Americans who either think that they're out to, undermine the you know legitimately elected president or the opposite that they're the freedom fighters and the resistance and so on and i don't really care about any of that i just you know want to keep reading my stories about russia because i think it's an interesting place and to some degree i'm grateful that the there are these you know cyber threat people because it's not something that i have any expertise in and so i have to rely on some of somebody out there to say things about this because Russian journalists only put out so much about it because it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's not the most open of subjects. And so there is certainly a need for good expertise here, but it's not really my field. Now, I wonder, do you think that, that are these two groups sort of, are they doomed to be at a distance on this issue? Or do you think that they can kind of come together if people behave better? Uh, I really, a year ago, I would have stated that I thought there was common ground. Um, I really, I really thought there was. And then as time has progressed and I have tried to approach it a couple of different ways, uh, uh, to frustrating ends, I, I kind of decided I don't think there is going to be common ground. I think we are kind of doomed to, there are the Russia watchers, the academics, the, the the people that are in it that are like you and me, that are kind of apolitical, you know, we, we, we don't, I don't, I don't follow politicians. I don't care for them. I don't even, you know, no matter what party they're part of or whatever. So I think that there is an actual national security threat that we need to, you know, look at in cybersecurity and in sock puppets, astroturfing um, from abroad and here in the U.S. Um, but I don't think there is going to be a, a place of common ground. There's, there's this piece being promoted, this James piece that he put on Medium and the people that promoted it they're not, they're not, their approach is, 
you're either with us or you're against us. And I, I just don't see it. I think the, the political game, the cynicism, the all these things are too strong. That'll do it for this episode of The Russia Guy. Thanks very much to Dustin Jeebel for taking the time to come on the show. Listeners who aren't already following Dusty on Twitter can find a hyperlink to his account in the description of this podcast episode. And for good measure, I'm throwing in links to some of the materials discussed on today's show, including an archive copy of Jay McKenzie's Medium blog post. Support for this podcast is provided through Patreon, where several of you dear listeners are already kind enough to be contributing. www.patreon.com backslash Kevin Rothrock is where you'll find me. As always, thanks for listening. Дальняя дорога выпадает королю У него деньжонок много, а я денежки люблю Ой-ой-ой, ой-ой-ой